Hello, go ahead. You can hear yourself in those headphones. I sure can. Amazing episode 196, I believe. Woo. You might know. My father over here to the right, to the left of the uh, YouTube channel. Um, for those of you who don't know my dad, here's my dad. For those of you who do know my dad, what's up, y'all? Here he is. What's up, Dad? You got to put the mic to your to your um, face when you speak. Okay. What's up, y'all? All right. What's up? We are in Miami Beach. Thank you for having me uh, at the apartment today. Dad. It's such How's a pleasure everything? to have you, Teddy. Are you a little nervous or what? No, I can sense by um, your woos a few woos that you might be a little nervous. But this is going to be great. We're just going to be chopping up, talking the. Uh, you know, shooting the shiz. How is everything with you? Everything is great. A little bit stressed at the moment, but otherwise I'm fine. Okay, you've been in Miami for how long now? You've been back and forth from New York. About two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. And you were spending um, the winter down here for the most part, right? Yeah. So I, I walked into the apartment today. We were a little bit behind schedule. Well, not actually. We didn't have like a full set date, but, you know, walked in and um, seemed like you were stressed about this real estate deal. So talk a little bit about a business in general and let the people listening and watching know kind of what you do. I own apartment houses and um, mostly in New York, um, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Jersey City. And the market's really tough up there. And it used to be a great job. And now it's... Really not so much uh, for a lot of reasons, mostly because of the politics. Um, but, you know, so now I've decided to buy some stuff down in Miami, which I'm doing now. So I'm in contract to buy a couple of buildings, a couple of apartment houses. And while it's very exciting, it means a ton of work. Do you feel that uh, people from New York are kind of migrating to Miami for business in general or, or what? I think there's a lot of, there, you know, they say that 2,000 people a day are moving into Miami. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's definitely, and it's also, no, it's not, obviously not just from New York, but, you know, it's from most of these states where the politics have just gone awry. Um, uh, New York, California, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, Illinois. So, I mean, do you think Miami or Florida, rather, is next on the list in terms of making things more difficult for apartment building owners? I sure hope not. It doesn't seem that way. There's no indication of that. Okay. Um, You know, Florida, for better or worse, is very laissez-faire. You know, there's a lot of things. uh, There there are not a lot of regulations. And, of course, that's a double-edged sword. But in this sense, um, for business, specifically for for my business, for... um, for apartments, it's a good thing. So for somebody who would like to start out in real estate and eventually start to do, you know, what you're, what you're doing or what you've done over the past, I guess, 30 years, um, let's say somebody has like $5,000 saved up. How would they go about starting to buy apartment houses, you know, as simply as you stated? Well, $5,000 is not really going to get you much, unfortunately. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I, I've done things where I've bought – inexpensive things. And when I say inexpensive, you know, like $180,000, I bought, I bought a little apartment house in Jersey city for $180,000. And, um, soon thereafter, um, neighboring almost the same buildings, uh, similar buildings were, were selling for 250, 300,000 only because the absolute amount of $180,000 is so low. Uh-huh. It's so low. Um, I think for $5,000, though, you're not getting anywhere unless you get a small share of a large group, mm-hmm. in which case you're going to have fees left and right taken out of that money. So, I mean, maybe if you had $5,000, would you suggest that somebody 
kind of puts their money into maybe like an asset where they can share it with other people? I mean, is there is there hope for people investing in real estate with something like $5,000? I mean, it's tough. It really is tough. You know, I certainly know plenty of people who've done sharing, uh, share, you know, bought, bought a, 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 you know, a little country house together. Yeah, right. Um, you know, but that kind of thing, I, I don't think that you're going to get in five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The least expensive thing I, I I I have a friend, this woman, who bought a place um, in upstate New York, I think in Hudson. Um, she bought something for about one hundred and forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and she fixed it up, you know, herself. Put put her, you know, probably put the total of a thousand dollars into it and prepared it for renting and rented it and got a great rental for it. But that $140,000 house is worth $250,000 now. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of these opportunities are gone. But then again, there are plenty of opportunities. I would suggest if somebody is really looking to go into early real estate, you know, maybe pool some family money together, maybe from your, you know, your parents or your siblings, friends, your maybe. friends, okay. whatever. Um, you probably really do need a minimum of forty or $50,000. And that's as, a con- that's as a down payment. And of course, you can borrow money from a bank to get a mortgage, um, but you got to be watching it. You know, you don't want to lose that money. Nobody ever wants to lose any money, but um, you know, certainly your your original seed money that you're starting with, it's really important not to lose that. So you got to be very careful in where you go. And an industry that's changing so much, and like 30 years ago, I guess when you kind of started buying buildings, I mean. Would you have like how would you have maybe predicted it? Because I know that when you do buy buildings, you have like a five year pro forma. You're like, okay, the rents will go up two percent this year, three percent this year. We'll renovate this many bathrooms, this many bedrooms. How have you kind of seen real estate tra- like change over the past thirty years in uh, New York City, Jersey City, and you know, obviously, well, down you know, Florida. real estate as a rule trends up. It really does. You know, there obviously there are many many exceptions to that rule where you can. You can lose money in real estate. But if you're buying a good piece of property that's well-located and you're, you're tight on your management and you're smart on who you're putting in as your tenants, people who are going to pay their rent and not going to destroy the place, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, you know, sometimes rents do go down. You know, you have a, uh, the crash of 2008. Um, you know, you have covid uh, a lot of reasons why things go why real estate goes down, but it's normally just temporary. If you have the staying power, if you have enough cash on hand, you need reserves. If you have enough reserves to ride you through those slow times, you should be okay. Well, in the situation you talk about, like COVID, I mean, were you? I mean, obviously nobody was prepared for it, but do you feel that like you were prepared? For COVID in terms no. of like, okay, so no, having... No, it sucks. COVID sucks. So like when you, I mean, the banks obviously weren't giving forbearance in terms of like, okay, yeah, don't worry about uh, March 2020 and April 2020's mortgage payment. You know, we'll just give that back to you. So in, you know, in a, in a situation where people were probably freaking out, they would like didn't know how they were going to pay their mortgage. What did you do in that situation? Well, we went, you know, we did get forbearance. So some of these banks, what they'll do is say, you know, you owe, when you pay back your mortgage, you owe um, each month, you owe a little bit of the principal amount, you know, to pay down your debt a little bit, plus your interest rate. Um, Now, some of the banks said, okay, you can pay only the interest and you don't have to pay down the the loan right Mm -hmm. now. Um, Some of the banks said you don't have to pay anything. Um, But, you know, 
it's only for a short period of time. It's for three months. Um, it's by no means is it free money. Um, you're going to have to pay it back. But they, uh, in, in, because it's such an extraordinary circumstance, a lot of times they let you pay the money back at the end of the mortgage. So um, if the mortgage comes due in five years, um, you know that principal amount that you saved for three years will be added on at the end. Right, right, right. At the end of the uh, term of the Correct. loan. Okay, so people say all the time, or I guess really for the most part, Back in summer of 2020, people were saying New York is dead. Everybody's leaving, going to the suburbs. Now you kind of see a resurgence where people are like, oh, no, New York is back and better than ever. How do you feel about the New York City market? Well, I think that New York is great. New York, I love New York, and I've lived there for my entire adult life. Um, is it back? Yeah, you walk on the streets, you go to restaurants. Yes, everything is good. Um, I can't speak to this new Omicron stuff. But in general, um, New York is great. Uh, my personal business, you know, is, is highly regulated, and um, it's, it's really a problem. Which it wasn't back in the day, though, when you started, right? It was. It always was. But it, now it has been regulated to the point that rents... You, you know, it used to be that if somebody vacated an apartment, let's say it was a $1,000 apartment that became vacant... But if it was worth, if it was renovated, it would be worth, say, $2,000. So what you would do is you can, if you put, say, $40,000, which is a lot of money, you wouldn't put that much, but let's say $40,000 into the apartment, you're allowed to put one fortieth of that amount and add that to the rent. So if you put $40,000 in, you can raise the monthly rent by $1,000. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to get any compensation, or, or you can a little bit, but it's very difficult. And sorry, don't mean to interrupt. When did when did that change? June fourteenth, two thousand nineteen, a date that will live in infamy. Uh, the, so so you were able to you you were able to raise the rent to the point where you got market rent. You know, so the one thousand dollar apartment became a two thousand dollar apartment. Now you can only raise the apartment by one or two percent depending on the lease so you know now you're renting out a department instead of for a thousand dollars a thousand twenty dollars let's say but i can tell you that that doesn't pay for what you need i mean usually these apartments have been occupied for years and years i mean decades possibly by the same tenant no real work has been done to improve the property and now you the tenant leaves and you have an apartment that needs a new kitchen, needs a new bathroom, needs yeah. new floors, needs new walls, needs new lighting, possibly new windows, but you can't put that money in. Because there's no incentive to put that money in. Right, you because you're only going to be able to rent it for $1,020. So what's going to happen? I can tell you that anecdotally, I know many landlords who are keeping those apartments off the market because... What are you going to do? You're going to rent an apartment that has all these things that need repair. And then you're just going to have a tenant that has an apartment that needs repair. And, you know, you're going to put the money in, you know, maybe. But anything, any money you put in is basically a donation. Because you're not getting the money back. And also, I mean, if you're renting an apartment in New York City for $1,020, chances are you'll never leave. A tenant will never leave. Yeah. Yeah. So are you finding this issue in Florida at all, like here or no? It's like no, that's the reason why I'm coming down here. There are different. no regulations on, on rent. You know, I mean, um, 
We'd say, of course, there are bad landlords. You know, they're bad every everything. There's bad, um, but you know, you're not. You don't raise the rents that much. You, but you don't. You're you're not regulated in how much you have to that you can raise them. In New York, you can't raise the rents to cover inflation. So every year you're losing money. Yeah. Um, in Florida, you don't have that kind of restriction, so it makes it much better. And there's so much more building coming on. That's people are moving down to Florida. Uh, not only because of taxes, but because of regulation and restrictions on on movements and and how you know and how basically on how you can live. So so sorry, you yeah, no, that's good. That's so um, I, I'd say like now it seems like the golden era of New York City real estate is really in the past, and now maybe there's like a golden age of real estate being built in Miami and people moving down here and like things are different, you know, yeah, even a bunch of my friends who don't have to work uh, at a desk in a cubicle, they'll spend a couple months in Miami if they are able to do it. So yeah. I th- do think from like a younger kind of generation perspective, it also, it looks promising uh, for, for us young guys, I'd say in general, but don't mean to put you on the spot right now, but can you think of like, there was a great time in New York uh, like, when was a great time to buy in New York City and maybe any deal in particular that you remember where you're like, wow, we really hit this one out of the park? Whether it's like you had a tenant that moved in that was a great tenant and then you were able to have them for an extended period of time. Is there anything in particular that stands out in your mind? Well, um, you know, I've been I was in business for 30 years, so there's plenty of stuff like that. You know, there's plenty of bad things also. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, when I was first buying... I would buy these part, these buildings that had an average rents of say five hundred dollars, but on the open market it was really worth twelve hundred dollars. Right, 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 right. So I knew that once I got a vacancy, which happens, you know, people move out, people change their lifestyle. Uh, a lot of times, also these are walk ups, so people age out of them, you know. And by um, walk ups, you mean no elevator? No elevator, no elevator, and you know, and the apartments are usually a little bit less, less so. Um, so then, you, sorry, don't mean then to like an elevator building, oh, okay, okay, you know, okay. there's no doorman. Um, this is basic, you know, no amenities. They're great apartments. They're great locations. Um, but you know, like I said, you, you age out of them. So people leave, people move out and people, you know, and then once they leave, you renovate the apartments and you bring them back up to market. And that's what it is. You're, you're, you know, it's still $2,300, you know, it's not, we're not talking about $25,000 for an apartment. You know, uh, uh, a lot of times I have um, a couple of kids bunking up together, you know, sharing a one bedroom or putting up a wall, making the two bedroom and sharing it. So they're definitely affor- affordable. They're not $1,000 affordable, but they're they're $2,300 affordable. So, um, you know, I'm I, I, I maintaining a market with when I renovate, but if I can't renovate and I can't rent out an apartment, it's going to sit vacant. And so the whole idea behind increasing affordable housing is folly. You're not increasing affordable housing. You're decreasing affordable housing by making these rules. You know, the pendulum has just swung so totally in the other direction. It just doesn't make sense or, like it seems today that politics are all becoming absolutes and you know no we 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 will not allow any rents to be raised 
we will not allow any fetuses to be aborted. And that's bring up other things. Right, 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 right. But I'm just saying it's just uh, there's got to be a happy medium in all these issues. And it doesn't seem like it, we seem so polarized that it's just, you know, it, it, it's really tough to, to maintain this. And, yeah, especially during, like, political issues, you know, it does seem like... I mean, obviously, this isn't a politics podcast, and I've never really mentioned so much, but it does seem like when there is a law that's put forward by a certain party, they're like, all right, it's our way or the highway. Like Even like down here in Florida, you know, the governor doesn't really want people to have a mask mandate, right? And in New York, it's a mask mandate. So it really is state to state, and I feel like, why can't we all just get along? Can't we, though? Yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's crazy that these... I, I guess people feel that they, if they give an inch, the other side will look to take a yard, yes. and they don't yes. want to compromise at all. And so, what we wind up having is, is the gridlock that we have so much, and um, it's it's really a problem. So, I, can you re- can you remember? You know, I asked before, but like rem- remember a, a great story from New York City real estate? Maybe like you sold the air rights on some building, and sure. you never would have thought something like that. What's like? Sure. One of your best, greatest memories where you hit it out of the park in, um, in New York. I, I owned. I used to own these buildings next to what's it called? Public Hotel. The public Hotel. Okay. Next to the Public Hotel. On Ludlow Street. On Ludlow Street, and um, I bought them for a certain price, and then three years later, the developer of Public Hotel bought my air rights for the same price that I bought the building for three years earlier. <laughs> so, you know, and when you buy the, when I bought the building, air rights, like what are, what are air rights? I didn't even value them whatsoever. So then that happened. And not to mention that they improved the whole block and all my, the stores that I had, because it's rather than a hotel, rather than an apartment house, it's a hotel. So you have like a whole new crop of people coming in every three or four days. So the bars did better. You know, it was just, it was just a great thing. I also just had one more thing. I had, um, can I mention names like Magnolia Bakery? Can I you mention do that name? You want, bro. All right, Magnolia Bakery. <laughs> um, I had it, they were a little sleepy store, and then Sex in the City made them famous. The one on Bleecker Street, on Eleventh Street in Bleecker, and it's a little jewel of a building. And um, when and then they the owners sold the Magnolia Bakery. And the guy buying it wanted to take it fran- take it nationally, which he wound up doing, of course. But he felt that this location, because this was the original location, this is where you know the ladies from Sex in the City sat outside yeah. the, the bench eating the cupcakes. So this was a very special location to him that he wanted that he wanted to maintain. I think they had like two years less on the, left on their four thousand dollar a month lease, and the guy quintupled the rent in order for me to give him a 15-year lease, which I was happy to do. But, yeah. I mean, you know, when you have a little building that goes from $4,000 on one store to $20,000 on one store, it just turns everything around. Have you noticed rents uh, improving, declining ever since COVID? You know, like people would potentially be scared to know that, oh, shit, for three months I'm not even allowed to be open because of regulations or whatever. Are you noticing people trying to sign year leases at like a five year maybe they don't know the horizon for a 10 year and then certainly like 30 years something like that well residential leases i th- i'm not sure if it's le- if it's a law you're only allowed to sign up two-year leases 
Certainly rent stabilized leases can only be up to two years. But in general, we don't sign more than one year. Well, I was talking about the uh, commercial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On the commercial, yeah. People, you know, somebody says, okay, well, you know, your $10,000 a month store is now worth $6,000 a month. We want to sign a 20-year lease for $6,000 a month. I'm like, no, dude. Like, we'll give you a year at 6000 and give you slow escalations. But after five years, you're not, you're not going to get that $6,000 rent. So we take that into consideration when, when you have a long-term lease. Are you noticing rents coming back to pre-COVID area in terms of storefront? Like are stores making enough money to case, pay in those high rents? Case by case. Case by case. It depends. Yeah. Some in, in New York um, are still suffering. Also depends, you know, depends where they are. Depends what they sell. Well, like what kind of store would be suffering, for example? Um, like maybe a nail salon, barbershop, something like that. Nail salons have been suffering. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, because there's so many of them, and you know, people are—I guess—they're just getting their nails done less than they used to. Interesting. Well, because more people are working from home, you know, they want to be in sweatpants and shit like that. Oh, that's a good. It'd be point. like it'd be an interesting. Kind of, you know, Rothman's on, what is it, 19th of Broadway? 18th I'd be interested, like, the last... Park. So, okay, so when I was there, I asked them, you know, my mother so generously bought me a, a, a blazer, I believe. So and I was you there. you great in it, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I asked them, I was like, how's business? You know, obviously they said good. But, I mean, a person coming in, spending $3,000 on a suit and stuff, you know, you can't really... I mean, I imagine the rent on that place, it's, what's the square footage there? Probably 4,000 square huge. feet. So they're probably paying $50,000 in rent. So, I mean, maybe back five years ago, you'd have a guy come in from Europe. He'd spend, you know, this and that, whatever. And then they can cover the rent based on that. But, like, people aren't really buying as many suits. I mean, just from what I've seen, people probably are not buying as many suits. And, like, even the way I've started dressing since I stopped working for your company, like, I am wearing the same three pairs of jeans if uh, I'm even rotating three pairs of jeans uh, or like sweatpants you stand that them look up like, in the corner yeah, right or sweatpants <laughs> that look like nice black pants, which I'm seeing you kind of do in general too. You bought those for me, yeah, twenty four bucks on the internet. Those <laughs> are beautiful. Like, this is like a year ago. We were finding these. I'll shout them out. I'll plug them, even though they're not sponsoring us. It's like BK sweatpants. Like they're great. They're great. Sweatpants. They're amazing. They look as good as um, any other sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're great. Not you, know, you don't need to pay eighty dollars for an Adidas for sure, pair. It's for just sure. like kind of the same material, uh, whatever it is. But definitely things are changing, and you kind of kind of got to notice what is changing around us. And one thing that you know that I've kind of prompted you to move forward in front of, and maybe you're not as. Um, you're not as like uh, <laughs> bullish on it. Is the crypto? You know, oh, but yeah, that's crypto. something that I think. Uh, we'll keep moving forward and also whether it's like medical marijuana I think that like the world is changing and we're seeing it step by step and one of the bigger steps I think we're seeing in terms of like a cultural shift is people moving to places that like they're more comfortable being at if they have to be there for a long time like like Miami Miami sure Florida yeah Um, people maybe not moving as much to LA because of taxes you know what I was you you sort of you touched upon this before I wanted like about Miami one of the draws to Miami Mm -hmm. you know when I first started coming down here I started coming down in like 03 2003, okay. Yeah, 2003. And but that was also when the New York City market was kind of booming, though. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, New York, it was great. And I can tell you about New York also, similar like this. But back then, in 2003, the places in Florida, in South Florida, like in Miami area, were like South Beach, Miami Beach, Coconut Grove, 
Bal Harbor. You know, there were maybe five or six places. Now there are 50 places. That also feels maybe because of the younger crowd is coming in. Yeah, because there's just, there's just a lot more going on. You know, we have a lot more museums, a lot more concerts going on, like you know, like symphony kind of concerts. You know, they have, they have really cool things, and um, which, which they didn't have back then. There really wasn't that much going on in Miami Beach. They had Art Basel, you know, once a, once a year. Yeah. Um, but now, um, virtually every other weekend, there's a fairly big festival going on. And not to mention, just like for people who live there, live here, there were just there's a lot more good housing, viable housing. Um, there were a lot more things to do. Food, sure, in general. Yeah, you know, rest, the restaurants are great. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, when I, when I started in New York in the early 90s, there was like in Manhattan there was the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, and Greenwich Village. Everything else was everything else was like, you know, a fringe area. Yes. And now, of course, the entirety of Manhattan is great. Yeah. You know, so so I mean, I, you didn't say it directly, but kind of looking back on your maybe marketing strategy, I know one of the first buildings you uh, looked to buy was on the fringe area. So maybe like down here in Miami, are you looking kind of at fringe areas that are close to places that are hot? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I always do. I don't, I don't buy like grade A locations. You know, I just figured that way. You know, the rents are already up. You're already you're playing the market. If the market goes up, you're great. If the market goes down, it's a problem. But you know, where I'm buying now, like these two buildings I was talking about that I'm in contract for, um, they're near Marlin Stadium, which is a major up and coming area. There's a lot of reason for someone to want to be there. You know, it's there. there no, there's no. Mass transportation in Miami, or very little to speak of, yes. unfortunately. Right. But you know, there are buses and there are cars, and there you know the, the the highways are they're constantly improving the highways. So where where I'm buying there, there is a lot going on. It's close. It's you know it's five minutes to a major medical center. So my demographic target is like nurses and paramedics and people sure. like that, and that's which is great. That. So you kind of always have been looking in like the, I mean, it's tough to name actual letter grades and stuff, but you're kind of looking at maybe like the C plus B minus type of housing mm, when you I, look. I think it's like B. B? Solid. B slash B minus or B? So, B slash B well, I mean, plus, you, bro. Okay, but dude, if you don't have an elevator, <laughs> how are you calling it, it B has slash elevator. B plus? These have elevators. Well, this, these particular buildings yes, in Miami. Too. I but, you're talking okay, about. Well, sure. Well, in are general. walk-ups in Manhattan? Yeah, that too. You know, I C mean, plus, it's hard to say because it like, they're all renovated. Yeah, they're pretty and the buildings. Are freaking high, and, and they're they're good locations. Yes. So yeah, they don't have doorman. They don't have elevators. Right, or but now you have the, now like you have that. the virtual doorman. You know, you, you got the virtual doorman. Yeah, that's of true. Course. That's true. <laughs> so how has I guess we'll get a little personal. How has running this company been the last? I guess since I freaking retired, boys and girls. Man, we six and you. a half months. How's it been? I re- it's crazy. I really have not talked to you about how it's been without me the past six and a half months. So toot my horn, please. Well, you know what the. The best thing for me was spending time, spending personal quality time with Teddy, and it, it, Ted it's Jones. always with Ted Jones. Um, you know, yeah, and, and so that I missed a lot. Um, but as far as the the company, you know, we we hired, uh, we, we we put more structure in. Um, we hired a CFO. Um, and we're separating out management. We're doing this, that, and the other thing. You also have like another person there too. A few we days have, a week, we have an intern. Okay. 
um, an intern from Baruch, and Baruch kids are so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh-huh. like the fifth Baruch student we've had. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And when I first started working at the company, that other the other kid was there. It was from Baruch. Uh, uh, Mickey. Mickey once Mickey's, Baruch. Mickey's, right? Mickey was great. Yeah. Eureka was great. <laughs> Kavita, great. Yeah, they're forget all, NYU. They're all, they're, they were all great. Cool. And, they're all, and it's right around the corner from us, so, yes. so it really works for them also. Um, yeah, so he's a, he's a smart kid, of course, and um, doing a lot of uh, you know, a lot of this and that and the other stuff. Um, but, you know, frankly, I think that personally I miss and need a personal assistant. Yeah, that's and funny. I would say that you almost do, man, because I, I, I don't want to say that I played that role for you, but it in some task, in some things, it felt like I was maybe making your life easier, which is not always... <laughs> Which is not always like a job description title. You know, you don't come in like, oh, you're the property manager. You're the acquisitions associate. And then also you're taking care of your dad. Yeah, I, I do need. Well, you know, it's not like I not, not like you got me coffee or anything like that. But you did. Yeah. You, you did spreadsheets for me and yeah, things like I that. Did, I, did, and, I did your AMX bill. So I was doing some. Maybe, right. Or maybe that's like a, a job. Role, and you, maybe. You, you took stuff up to grandma and grandpa. I did, yes, did. files yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> so I would say, like, it was, for me, I mean, my title changed from, initially it was property manager, then it went to acquisitions associate. It was never, like, you know, <laughs> helping your dad out or whatever, but even though I do have a bit about that, I was like, I did the thing that kids who work for their dads always do. Put candy in the office candy bowl, <laughs> take out trash into the trash room, you know, that's a bit that, you know, I haven't what done about in a little water bit, jug? but that's one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Change out the five-gallon office water jug. Just making his life easier. But I'd say it was probably like, um, let's say 20% acquisitions associate, um, 50% property manager, and then the other 30%. But you know, you know what else you, you what you... What you did for me, which you actually still can do, even though not working for me, is you, <laughs> no, seriously, you, you gave me like the touchy feely, like, like, should I buy that building or, um, or what do you think is, of the area? Or, How does it look? Yeah. And, and what about that tenant? And then, um, you know, and I, and I know you, you pass by, um, some things pretty regularly that, you know, I ask you like. Are there people in that restaurant? Are they doing a good business? Totally. What, what's going on? You need that. Those kind of you things. You really do need that extra 30 yes. or 40%, whatever it is. Like, like you just, uh, we pass by uh, the buildings that you're in contract for. You know, you ask me what I think. But I mean, you, you need a guy who lives in the area or you need a I guy need from a guy. Miami. Everybody you know? needs a guy. Sure. But I think that I think that that'd be very valuable for an intern maybe type if you told somebody like, look, I'm going to hire you for the year. You're going to do this. If it works out, it works out. But I do really agree with, like, having eyes on the ground and seeing it. Because, like, you know, the superintendent isn't going to be the most. I mean, obviously, every superintendent that I've ever known that works for you is a stand-up person, and they're Mm -hmm. great. But I think, you know, when somebody's really your right-hand man, they'll give you maybe 100% of the truth instead of 95% of the truth, stuff like that. It's also a gut thing. A lot of real estate is gut. And like, is this going to be worth more in five years than it is today? Is this area changing for the better, et cetera, et cetera? So you say in five years, how do? You, what do you typically do after five years? I'll lay this one up for you. Um, well, you know, um, in real estate, when you put together your financial numbers, they really only go out five years. So you know, the idea is, what's going to happen after five years? Are you going to sell? You're going to refinance the mortgage? Um, what are you going to do? So I don't know. And these things in in Miami. I'm getting old too, getting old, and I don't have a kid who's going to be taking over the business. Unfortunately, 
I'm trying to get Teddy's sisters to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, you know, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll sell. But, you know, it's also changing, this real estate industry. There are a lot of things on the horizon now. I, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. Uh, shit that's coming in the news, if it's an NFT, if it's crypto or cool crypto coin, crypto punks being an NFT. It just seems like this is the beginning of stuff that we have never even thought about as a society. You know, like when you were getting involved in real estate 30 years, you kind of saw the future. You were like, all right, because you, you went to NYU. You're like, okay, New York is really cool, huh? And Wharton. And Wharton, side note. That's the grad school at Penn. For those of you who don't know, get educated. And but, and Wharton. But, like, you were, you grew up in the city. You kind of see what's going on. And, like, even on your first deal, you can remember your father being like, I really wish I wasn't financially involved right. in this. And it's, it's hints to a little bit of... Um, I told you to put, I don't know, maybe it was $5,000 into uh, crypto, right? Right. So you did do it. And then, you know. I put 12500 into is crypto. Is that how much you put in? Okay. Yes. So, I mean, you've seen it go up. And it's worth you know, $20,000. Right, right. But you've seen it even <laughs> higher than that, you know? And then you see 25. these waves, right? But yeah. initially, I mean, I bet you did, didn't want to well, put down that money. There's definitely, something to be said, there's definitely something to be said for the new generation. Yes. And the new generation knows a lot. And just, I just want to speak to what you just said about my father. What what really happened was, um, you know, um, my my father passed away a year and a half ago, and he's sorely missed. Yes, great guy. Um, anyway, so but when we first did this first deal in 1992, um, in Chelsea, Manhattan, to be my, specific, my father was a depression baby, so he grew up without a father in the house. They could they didn't have money for food. It was tragic, but um, you know he rose above it. Thank God, and he. He, he became very successful in his own right, totally self-made. Um, but, you know, he always had that depression mindset where everything had to be a sure thing, otherwise don't do it. So we were sitting at the closing table to buy the very first buildings <laughs> in July. 1992. In July of 92. And I was so <laughs> pumped about buying this thing. I knew it was a great deal. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was a great deal, which I can explain why, but I knew it. And I said, Dad, if I, if I said to you, let's leave right now, you would do it, wouldn't you? He said, I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> even, with, even with the deposit being gone? Everything was done. He, just, he would just want to get out. No, I mean, even if he knows that he would, you guys would have lost your deposit. Yeah, he would have done that. He would just, just walk away and not have to worry about it. You know, like I said at the very beginning here, it's stressful buying, a, buying these buildings. It's stressful. It's stressful. Like, like there's so many things, moving pieces that you have to make sure that that are okay, that are, you know, good enough. And then you have to get a mortgage, and you have to get investors. I mean, I don't have the the personal money to buy this property. Yeah. I have to get investors and give them a share and structure the deal. Uh, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and um, you know, and it was stressful doing this first deal. You know, whenever I do a deal, I I spend many sleepless nights. Do you think that's going to change, though? It'll never fucking change until I, unless I have the money in my pocket and know that I could just write a check and do that. No, it won't change. So, I mean, it. in my opinion, wouldn't it be more beneficial to kind of put your money somewhere where you don't have to worry about somebody on your back, pay the mortgage, do this, fix the ceiling, fix the door. Do, do you have anything specific in mind? Well, I'm just saying, I think now we <laughs> are seeing a, a new time. You know, you could well, have bought, think, well, think about this. You could have bought Bitcoin a year ago and while it's down, 
it's up, you know, 75%. So I could have bought these buildings for 30% of what I'm buying them for now, five years ago also. But the thing is that I don't know nothing about crypto. Sure. And I can look at all the YouTube videos yes. and all that. But even when I know about it, I won't have any control about it. I won't, I won't be able to change the direction of this thing because it's published in the Wall Street Journal. But this building... I could work the building. I could. I could add amenities. I could. But that's paint ba- it. that's based on your experience that you know this. If you look back, you kind of you're switching the roles with like your father. You know, telling you the same kind of thing. He yes, he knows that this potentially is a good deal. But what happens if we start a cold war again or something like that? So God forbid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it it's just also experience and kind of seeing how things are seeing trends. So I say, right? I guess if we had a war. It would be tougher, and you know, bombing. God forbid, yes. real estate would be tougher, and Bitcoin would go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's true. Well, that's why I have twenty thousand yeah, dollars in Bitcoin. You now you're set. <laughs> um, but you know, I've spoken about on this podcast many a times. There are so many speculative things in which to make money. So you know, obviously, you never want to spread yourself too thin, but. If you really believe in something, this is my opinion. If you really believe in, you tell me if I'm wrong. If you really believe in something and you have the wherewithal that if it was gone tomorrow, you'd be okay. You know, if you lost all that particular money, then it'd be okay. You know, like for for an example, like I see Bitcoin at a certain number and I'm like, okay, well, if I know that in 20 years I'm going to lose all this money, that would freaking suck. But what if this is a grand slam and in 20 years I would have a lot more money because of this particular thing? So um, while there is definitely a lot of value in having cash flow, something like real estate, I think that there's also a good amount of value in speculation. Where If you see the world is kind of going this way, um, like MedMen, for example, this is a company that's basically the weed store, like the, the Apple weed store. I don't know if you guys they wouldn't have ever let heard me of in. MedMen. Excuse me. I went in Florida. They wouldn't let me in. Yeah, because you need a medical marijuana license. And the Florida driver's. But license. the thing is, once marijuana, I mean, pray that this happens soon. Once marijuana goes federally legal, you know, MedMen's going to be on the top of their game. They're already like the Apple store. Are they? Can they? Are they listed on the stock market? Yes, they are. I, and I've talked on this podcast, too, before. I know I'm talking a lot about talking on the podcast. Talking. But I've said in the past, like, why wouldn't you buy the stock? You know, and I bought a ton of it because, I mean, it's under a dollar, whatever. But I think, I mean, eventually, once it goes federally legal, they're at the top. You know, they're ready to probably open up another 50 stores. They already are operating like the Apple store. And there's no close second. Like, who is a close second? Maybe your local cannabis know. store. So, I think that like seeing kind of trends and seeing people who are really on the top forefront of it, with whether you're talking like NFTs, you're talking about Bitcoin, you're talking about crypto punks, you can see that like the people who are really in a position of power are the people who are kind of by themselves in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know whether and then also maybe in Miami, some guy who's that guy Mana who bought all that all the vacant like retail spaces like he got screwed a little bit for at one point i remember during the pandemic because like he had so much so many vacant uh warehouses that like he couldn't pay the mortgage on it yeah um but i mean he's done very successful otherwise yeah that's that's you know hear that story all the time yeah so do you have i don't want to end this on a gloomy note so this will be one of the last subjects but a horror story in real estate you talk about starting real estate in 2003 I know that uh, Miami also was not great to you initially, right? 
No, it was great to me initially, actually. Okay. It wasn't great to me ultimately. Okay. Um, no, but then like in the middle, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 did, I, I, I was buying these buildings, um, these little Art Deco buildings, which are equivalent to New York City walk-ups, and I bought a, a ton of them. And, um, and then I just sold them, sold them, sold them, and I did great. Um, I bought uh, two parking lots and two vacant buildings in a great spot in central... Uh, South Beach on Collins Avenue on Collins Avenue and 12th and 12th the whole full detail because they stole your design and everything they stole my fucking design those motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> so well so I bought it I closed on like like Memorial Day of 2008 you know maybe like th- two months before Lehman Brothers exploded right before the stock market you know it was just it, it was just the worst timing I could have imagined and I wound up losing it, giving it back to the to the to the bank. But in the meantime, you know, I had worked very extensively with the architect. I had drawn up plans for the hotel, and the architect did my my design, of course, with you know a lot of changes and stuff like that. And that's what is built. The people who bought the mortgage from the bank that I for, that I that I defaulted on. Gave the you know used my design. So did the bank ask for the design also when you're when, giving when it you have a mortgage that's like part of what they own is all those kind of things. Oh, okay, you know plans and stuff. But also yeah. it was a property that you had not worked with familiarly, right? Like you've never bought a vacant no uh, development. Like de- yeah. I, you know what? I, I've done a development. I've done like three development deals, and I lost on all three. Really? What were the other two? Well. Another one was one in Jersey City. Two of two in Jersey City. One of them I didn't do so bad. The guy bought me out. Yeah, you didn't lose on that one. Another one I, I lost out. I lost out for sure. Which one are you referring to? It was on. It was on like, uh, Communipaw. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember that. These are uh, these are two buildings that you were working on when I was around. Yeah, probably. Sure. Probably. I mean, it just it's it seems like such a different ball game when you're. I mean, you, know, you other, build and stuff. The other thing about about development, also, I have a friend who's a developer. You know, if you develop it and you sell condos, so this guy has done like 10 developments and each time what he did was he built it and then sold it as a condos and then did another one. But, you know, I buy a building and I still own it. So assuming that the prices are still going up, I'm like accumulating wealth. Right, right, right. He's sort of just churning. Sure. You know, and if if he doesn't reinvest his money in, I don't know, in Bitcoin or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know... He's not really amassing wealth. That is the idea also behind NFTs that, you know, you keep accumulating the wealth. If somebody buys your NFT and you still own like 10% of it, you'll make 10% every single time it's sold. So oh, it's, really? It's is that new, how that works? Yeah, so okay. it's a new space. You know, I obviously don't know much about it, but I, the guy I do follow, who you may know, is Gary V. You know this guy? Inspirational no. guy, V. Um, v. Mater. I would say it's like Vaynerchuk Media, something like that. Vaynerchuk. Yeah, basically, this is a guy who was early in Facebook, early in Uber Eats, and he has, I, I don't want to say really predicted trends, but I think he's had a good handle on it, and he's made, he was saying like $90 million in 90 days off NFT. Not selling bad. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely Let's not do bad. That. What am I wasting yeah, my time I don't, dude, doing? I don't know, man. I've, t- I've told you in the past when you've been stressed I out about buying, buying real estate, NFTs. you should freaking put more money in your Coinbase account. And this is to you guys, too. I did We're put more money in my Coinbase account. experiencing a down 
not downward spiral, a down kind of week. So invest in crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever yeah. it is. Okay, we'll do so, that. So, Dad, what else is up? Thank you so much for coming on the Ted Jones Podcast. It's such a pleasure. This, this a guy is great. Time. I love this guy. A long time coming, man. Yes. Seriously. I know. As we look out into the, into the abyss over here of your lovely apartment, I'm going <laughs> to give you guys a special view. Look, there he is. What's up, y'all? Look at that. Look at that. Very nice. If you guys aren't watching on the Ted Jones World YouTube channel, you're missing out. You're going to miss out on that. You're uh, going to miss out. beautiful view. What are you doing tonight? Tonight, I'm going. I got plans. I, no, you know I, what? I, I, I feel so bad when I'm not spending every moment with, with Teddy when he's here. Yes. He graces me with his presence. Not enough. Sure. And so it's just, it's always it's a pleasure. True. Come on. I mean, well, it's not enough. It's, it's never it's enough. Yeah, sure. It's never enough. That's okay, that's all I'm I don't saying. Want people, don't, don't want people thinking I'm not hanging out I with you. I don't want people to think you're not hanging out with here. me. No, we're, we had, no, Teddy and I have a great time together. Yes. He's a great guy. Yes. Ted. Nice. Ted. Hey, Ted nice. Jones. That's amazing. All right, Dad. Well, before we get out of here, anything else you want to tell the viewers? Where's the hot sauce? Or, your, <laughs> or <laughs> yourself in the future when you listen to this podcast at the gym, because I know you're an avid listener. I am. Yeah. I am an avid listener. Yeah. Uh, do Any another couple of, of reps, yo. Okay. Uh, do nice. wisdom. Wisdom? Words of wisdom. You're a successful man, and it seems as if you've made it in this world compared to, I mean, obviously <laughs> I believe you have, but compared to people watching and yeah, listening, you I'm know sure what? that they I would tell love you, to there's, I, you. You know, people have nicer everything. A, a lot. Some people have a nicer this, nicer that, nicer everything, but um, I am so happy for what I have. I have three beautiful children, and I have... A wonderful life. I have my my mother is healthy and safe, and I have a wonderful girlfriend. And I just you know I count my blessings. And everybody just just think of what you have yourself, what you have, not what you don't have or what somebody else has. Who cares? Who gives a shit. If you can go back thirty years ago, I don't want to say maybe to that deal table, but we could say to that deal table or right before you got involved in real estate. What would you tell yourself? Buy more, do more, do more of it. Buy more or do more? Yeah, do more of it. Buy more of it. But you know what? I mean, I've, I've, I I, don't really have that many regrets. Because you also, you really Penny. don't sell your buildings that much. No, I've also... sold some. Okay. I've sold a bunch. But would you say? Some of them I shouldn't have, some yeah, of them yeah, yeah. glad I did. Yeah, but now are are you regretting anything that you're holding on to right now? You have like a couple things, maybe? Yeah, like New York properties. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> New York, they just pulled the rug, the rug out from under me. Sure, and I mean, you yeah, were buying pass. properties that you have been comfortable buying the past 25 years, yeah. and then all of a sudden they were like, oh, that thing you were doing for that 25 years, you can't do that. It's yeah. over. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. But yeah. you know what? My life's not over. And look at, <laughs> look at that smile. Look, it's just, you know, it's just, I, 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 I'm very blessed. Sure. And I hope that each and every one of you out there are blessed too and real, Absolutely. Or realize how much you Count are. Count those sure blessings, guys. And instead of saying, I have to do something, say you get to do something, guys. Obviously, listening to eh here, I call him eh, Eric. <laughs> um, you know, if you work for yourself and you really are grateful, it seems like you don't really work a day in your life, right? Even though there are stressful times. Stress comes, sometimes stress is a motivator when you have it in small doses yes. before it starts eating away at your physical body. Pressure is a privilege. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, cool. Dad, thank you so much. Love Give me you, a Teddy. firm handshake there. Love you too. My dad, this guy, Eric Margulies, I guess freaking throw his name in Google and you'll be impressed. We'll see you guys next time Bye, in New guys. York. Peace. Peace.